Welcome to the Women's Wellness Podcast, where we interview experts in various fields with the goal of empowering women to make informed decisions about their health, life, and family. I'm your host, Amy Jane Smith, and I would like to thank you for tuning in today. So get comfy while I introduce our next guest. Hello and welcome to the Women's Wellness Podcast. My name is Amy and I'm your host. And today I'm very excited to be welcoming back Sarah Noble from Mindfully You. Now I want to put a disclaimer before this episode. We are talking about miscarriage. So Sarah, those of you might remember Sarah from our second episode uh, where she talked about how to find balance as a new mum and she then suffered a miscarriage and she shared that journey with people with her followers and I think it was just amazing and it's not something that's talked about very often it is quite a taboo subject so I want to put a disclaimer out before we get going. She is now expecting her second child and is imminently awaiting the birth as of the recording of this. She has recently given birth to a lovely little girl named Alyssa. I hope I said that right. And yes, I just want to thank her very, very much for coming online and talking about this big subject. So another note it takes me a little while to get into it because i was a bit scared to broach it even though it's something she's talked about a lot so we do have a little bit of chatter to start and then we get into it if you want to reach out i will share links in the show notes to talk to sarah and to learn more or share your own stories as well so without further ado let's get into the podcast Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. I was just thinking, it's it's almost a year to the day, I think. Has it been that long? It's been that, oh no, even longer. Oh wow. Even longer. Um, you filled out the form, so I did a lot of my interviewing the end of 2019, which I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, because it was for the start of 2020. Eh? Yeah, I printed off the old sheet. Does that mean Dylan's two now? Yep, he is going to be, what's the date? Oh, shit. In a couple of days, he's going to be 26 months. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yep, crazy. Oh, my goodness. Where's the time going? Like you've been popping up on my Facebook every now and again and on Instagram. And so you've always been there, but then it's like you kind of forget how long ago it was since you actually spoke to someone. Yeah. Yeah. This year's just been crazy, eh? Like just a weird, like blur of fucking weirdness. <laughs> it basically sure has. I think everyone has had some kind of big thing to deal with even if it was just dealing with life and covid it, yeah it's just enough in itself yeah yeah crazy well let's hope this year's a little bit better eh? 
little bit kinder to us all. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I can't get it. Can't get any worse, right? Don't say that. You no, never I know. <laughs> no. We could have another lockdown in New Zealand, but I mean, I don't see that happening if we continue the way we're going. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm dancing well, around because I know it's still an uncomfortable topic. Miscarriage. Dude, I'm not worried about it. I know you're not worried about it. <laughs> get it. Just get in there. Like we, you know, we need to talk about it because yeah. to get to a point where it's not uncomfortable, it's, big, it's not scary, taboo, it's yeah. not scary to talk about um, because it's extremely common, mm. extremely common. And it's so many women are like, oh, there must be something wrong with me, mm. something wrong with my body. Um, and they blame themselves and it's, we, if if you realized how many women have miscarriages yeah don't talk about it and keep it a secret um because they feel that stigma that taboo or they don't yeah. have support or they don't know how to talk about it or whatever um you know the more people that open up then the more the people that are going to come after and have a miscarriage will feel comfortable reaching out for help and support because it yeah. is a time that's quite traumatic and you need help and support you really yeah. do i mean i i've never had a miscarriage i did i mean i mentioned ivf i had one failed transfer and even that was like what is wrong with me what is wrong with my body and it took a little while to just go hang on no it just wasn't viable it wasn't me yeah. it was the dna or the genetics or whatever it was within how that embryo or egg whatever it was developed that didn't quite develop properly and it had to go nature knows what's up nature knows what's up but even that i mean that was that was only a what if that was never a real a real thing a real baby uh, i remember seeing your post uh i don't know what it was it was something like I'm bleeding and yeah. it was like oh shit nice and dramatic eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah just start as you mean to go on it's fine and I was like oh shit and then you kept going and you kept and you went live and you shared it and I was am amazed shocked um I just wanted to reach out and like, oh my God, uh, but like, it wasn't my journey. It was your journey, but I, how did you find that power to, to go out and share and go help? Um, Cause it's terrifying. To so it's not all about me. It's like, if, if I'm feeling, if I'm going through this and I'm, feeling a certain kind of way yeah how many other people are mm. but how many other people are afraid to even tell because the thing is with society right we're we're told um don't share your pregnancy until you're past 12 weeks until yeah. you, you're out of the first trimester and statistically 
uh, miscarriages are more likely to happen, the higher percentages is going to happen in that first trimester. And so in that moment, you might only have told your partner and that's it. Yeah. Or maybe your partner and your parents and that's it. And so there is a huge lack of help and support physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so I was in a position where I think um, we had told our parents, yeah, my partner's parents and my parents, um, and obviously my partner knew. Yeah. Um, and I, I literally had gone to meet, meet a midwife the day before and yeah. was like, yep, she's the one. And then yeah. the next day I started bleeding. Oh, no. um, and I was lucky enough that I rang her and was like, this is happening. And she, you know, kind of helped me through that um, because I had no idea what I was supposed to do, what was going to happen, yeah. if I had to do anything, if I had to go get it um, checked afterwards to see if everything was like gone, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, okay, wait a minute. Like this, this isn't right. Like it, it's not right for me to have a lack of knowledge and understanding about what to do in this situation. This is yeah. so fucked up. Like living in a society where we're told to not talk about it. Like if you find out you're pregnant, you're generally going to be pretty excited and you're going to want to tell people, but then, mm. then instantly, so you're like got this, you know, happiness, euphoria, and then instantly you're like, boom, you're smacked with fear, fear yeah. of miscarriage. No, I can't tell anyone in case I lose the baby. Yeah. Um, and that can really dampen your your happiness mm. and you can be bursting at the seams wanting to tell people or you're sick you're vomiting you know first trimester yeah. when, when all that's happening and you can't tell anyone you got to try and hide it why aren't you drinking and yeah. you know there's a lot of pressure yeah and you're trying to figure this out and get your head around the fact that you're growing a human and deal with whatever symptoms you have um you know your appetite might go out the window and then, you know, and it just, it's too much. Like it's it who, is. who, you know, like women need to feel empowered to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Mm. And so I guess for me, it was, it was greater than just me. It was like, because I'm so passionate about what I do and normalizing conversations around pregnancy, birth, yeah. postpartum, motherhood, mental health, which it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, then I, I just, I feel like if I want to create change, then I need to be a part of that change. And so that means, um, I didn't even think, I didn't think, you know, it didn't cross my mind like, oh, maybe I should keep this private. I wanted to share it. It was, I'm not saying it was easy at all. No, no, no <laughs> don't get me sure wrong. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not easy. I think I cried when I did the live, but, yeah. um, you know, and it still brings emotion to me now, like just thinking about it, but, but it's so important for me to normalize these conversations and I can't normalize a conversation if I don't talk about it, if I keep it in too. Yeah. You know? you're perpetuating that stigma. Yeah. And so if I talk about it and then other women, you know, I had so many women reach out to me that were like, yeah, I had a miscarriage too. And I like, I had no idea. And some, like, I think <clears throat> one woman had had five. Oh my gosh. You know? And um, some, you know, some people that <clears throat> I used to go to high school with that um, I'm not even like in close contact with anymore were like, yeah, I had a miscarriage between my two kids. And, yeah. and I'm just like, whoa, like it's so common, but it's just, it's not talked about. But then, you know, wouldn't you want help and support if you were going through something hard? So I, I don't think that we, 
you know, we shouldn't be dictated by society to say, hey, you should keep your pregnancy quiet. It should be, mm-hmm. you're an individual human being with your own thoughts about everything, your own desires. Yeah. If you want to share your pregnancy when you're only six weeks pregnant, then do it. Yeah. And then, you know, instead of just being like, oh, no, oh, no, everyone else doesn't share till 12, 13 weeks. So I did not do that too. Just do what feels right for you. Yeah. And then on the other hand, if something does happen, you have that support then. You have that help and support there because, mm-hmm. you know, you can say, look, this is it happening. You can, you don't have to do it publicly, obviously, but um, I need some help and support, whether that be someone, you know, just bringing you some food, coming around for some hugs, like whatever, getting you out into nature for some walk, you know, for a walk. Um, because if if you are in a position like I was, where I hadn't actually really told anyone. Yeah. Um, and neither my parents nor my partners were in even in the country yeah. to offer any kind of help and support. So it was really just me and my partner. Oh, yes, yeah. um, you know, so that makes you feel even more alone and it makes it yeah. even harder to deal with because you, you don't have anyone to offer help and support because then I'd have to reach out and go, um, hey, I was pregnant, but I'm actually miscarrying. Can I have some help and support? You know, And then yeah. I think that would be harder to say rather than, people already knew I was pregnant and then I say that's more awkward yeah so you know I think we need to normalize feeling empowered to share what we're pregnant whenever we feel like it personally not how society Mm. majority of society does things or people tell us to do like what feels right for us and feeling comfortable being able to access help and support at any stage of pregnancy no matter what happens I've also had friends that have lost late in pregnancy. Um, one, I think, uh, 34, 35, 36 weeks, one of, the, one of those wow. two, two, two of my friends. Um, and so, you know, it, it, and, and that's something I've been sharing on my journey because when I hit that sort of 34, yeah. 35, 36 weeks now, I was like, ah, you know, and, and I had that in the back of my mind yeah. and I'm thinking There's about it. There's never a safe quote unquote yeah and we must we must talk about that because pregnancy you know it's for some it's really really easy but for others it's really really difficult and for majority of us it's it's up and down some days it's good some days it's hard and that's the reason why I'm choosing to share a lot about it particularly off the back of a miscarriage because you've got that added anxiety of that yeah Um, so, you know, the closer I get to that due date, the sort of more safe I feel yeah. because the baby's, you know, almost full almost. term. Yeah. It's almost um, like waiting for Christmas. Yeah. And, but, but I never really feel, um, a hundred percent like kind of whoosh, let go until I have that baby in my arms. Yeah. And that yeah. was even the same with my first without having a miscarriage before that. <laughs> oh Yeah. There's all, there's, there is a lot of fear around pregnancy. Yeah. And giving birth and the part, like every, everywhere you look, it's like, got to be careful because you might have a miscarriage. Got to be careful because you might um, have a premature baby. You got to be careful because you might have some problem during labor. You got to be careful because of cot death. You got to be careful because people might pick them up on the way to school or like, it just goes and goes and goes. Like there's any points something could happen and it's like it's fed to us Mm. 
Like, and that's something I've actually got a post written about the um, the fear of pain in um, labor because that's obviously something that's on my mind because I'm going to give birth within the next, you know, few weeks, four weeks. Yeah. So, um, but the thing is, is that, and, and obviously more so with my first, um, what we're fed from society is fear, fear, fear. Mm. All we see on movies and TV is a woman all of a sudden going into labor. Yeah. Which doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. It, it is often gradual and, and pro, you know, pro, progresses over time. Yeah. All of a sudden she's in full-blown labor and she's got to get rushed to the hospital. Yeah. She's in a hospital gown. She's on the hospital bed. She's screaming often yeah. for drugs. Yeah. Which I think they're trying to make in some cases funny, but um it's often the woman screaming in pain mm. on a on a on a hospital bed. And yeah. so that's what that's what we have. That's what we have in our head yeah. of that's what that's what labor and birth is like. It's it's mm. fast, it's intense, it's it's scary, it's painful. Yeah. It's it's on a and hospital. You can't get bed. through it without drugs. Yeah, and you you know, you you're gonna have to have the drugs because mm -hmm. That's the only way to deal with the pain. Um, and epidural that's, rates that's are rising as well, aren't they? Yeah, and cesarean. And cesarean, um, yeah. We, we live in a very, very, very medicalized society and we've forgotten that that the woman's body is literally designed to create life and birth life. Yeah. Um, but there's a huge block and that is the, the fear of this pain. And then mm. a lot of our medical system is um, very based on this medicalized and 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 you know eliminating this pain because there's there's like there's, there's there's a sympathy there and it could be even with your your partner or your parents or or whoever's there right in the room you know you might be in pain yeah because they don't want to you see know, you suffer yeah and they don't want to see you suffer so they're like oh, oh can we just give her some drugs but then you may regret that afterwards you may have said, no matter what I say, don't give me drugs, but they can't handle seeing you in pain. Yeah. Even your midwife might be like, mm, maybe we should, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's why this time it's been really important to me to make sure that I don't, because there is, you know, midwives that can be a bit more medical based and a bit more um, mm. happy to, you know, go go for the painkillers. Yeah. And then others who are much more, um, you know, uh, natural physiological based and will try all the things before yeah. even considering any kind of painkiller or um, like you know drug painkiller yeah. or intervention or anything That's like it. that I mean it's it's there yeah. it has its place but it shouldn't be the first yeah because you're not injured that's the thing it's no. like I talked about this in my last live I'm not when you're in labor and giving birth hmm. you're not injured there's no it's not a medical thing. It's a natural physiological yeah. thing that your body is designed to do. And I'm not saying that it's not painful, Yeah. but what makes the pain worse is, is the fear, mm. is, is the fear of the pain. And if we, you know, if you tighten up and clench up your body, yeah, that's not going to be conducive to your, your cervix literally opening up and helping exactly. that baby out. I mean, really, it's a major athletic event. It's not a major... Yeah, like endurance. And <laughs> yeah, it's endurance. Yeah. It's like running a marathon. I mean, running a marathon is never yeah. comfortable unless you just do that day in, day out. I don't know. But it's that's painful. People do it. People endure yeah. it. People 
laboring it's labor it's work it's yeah that's why it's called labor yeah like it's, it does take work and it does take strength and it does you know and, and everyone has different experiences some women don't experience pain um yeah. you know but there's certainly going to be some sort of discomfort or whatever but that yeah. doesn't mean that it's a medical emergency it doesn't mean that it's pain that you can't handle yeah if but you've got to have the right environment and the right support and for me yeah that's why i'm doing a home birth this time because oh are you yeah hospitals literally give me anxiety and stress me out and what's that going to do that's going to close my cervix yeah right. that's you're going to have to let me know liver. how that went I, i'm going to need you back to tell me how that went <laughs> yeah no that's cool i mean hopefully i i you know fingers crossed it all goes well and i get this yeah. beautiful home birth natural physiological birth that i you know that I know that I can do and that I would like. Um, and, and that's why I'm sharing my journey as well, because I've learned a lot mm. um, from my first pregnancy and birth and postpartum. What was the first one like? Pardon? What was the first birth like? Um, it was, I was, um, so I was in a different city. So I, they, we don't have a birthing center here. Um, so it's either just hospital or home birth. Right. Um, it was a birthing center there. Um, and I didn't want to give birth at home because it was like a brand new house with white everything and a mm -hmm. shared driveway and like the lounge faced the shared driveway. It just wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we chose the birth center, um, but I wasn't dilating and I had been in labor for ages. I already hadn't slept for a bit yeah um because the labor sort of started one night and then stopped and then started again the next night oh, and okay. i hadn't slept and yeah um and yeah and so then and i just i didn't have the right midwife in hindsight like she was she was unfortunately that more sort of medical yeah um kind of focused and so she didn't offer me anything else she didn't offer me any other suggestions of natural ways to kind of deal with it or even reassure me that um a long labor with your first is very normal and it doesn't mean there's yeah. anything wrong um just you know even just words to like relax me and be like it's yeah. okay it's this not something that your body's used to it yeah. might be designed to do it but it's never done it before yeah so um so long story short ended up um she said that i couldn't go to the birth center anymore um so i ended up in hospital and i literally like that's how much anxiety hospitals gave me when we pulled up yeah I, um almost threw up like it like you know when you get that feeling and it wells up in your throat and like you get the bile in your mouth and stuff like yeah yeah stop and collect myself yeah um and then go in there and um and then it was just a cascade of interventions and because it was my first time and you know these are people that have done it before and they know what they're doing and they've got titles and stuff like that I just felt like yeah I had well, to just go to with whatever they were saying and I was also tired and hadn't eaten and hadn't slept and wasn't in a position to be able to think logically and properly and have time to consider yeah. things carefully and it was just like um oh okay well my midwife thinks that's best so i better do it and yeah. um and so you know so it ended up being a cascade of interventions um and an episiotomy um and just and then i also had a postpartum hemorrhage um and then had to have a blood transfusion oh my god so it was all quite traumatic yeah physically mentally and emotionally because i felt you know i did feel coerced and 
pressured into doing all these things that I had not wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and was obviously frustrated at the support that I thought I was going to get. I thought I had made it clear to my midwife, but she was clearly not on the same page. Yeah. As nice as she was, don't get me wrong. Um, and then, yeah, I was shoved in like a room with another lady cause they were chocker. Um, so my partner wasn't able to stay. I was left by myself. Oh, uh, I couldn't even lift my baby to like breastfeed him. I had to push the buzzer. Um, yeah. I the blood transfusion till the next day. Cause I gave birth at like 12 AM. Right. So, um, yeah, it was just, and then as soon as I could, I got that transfusion. I got the hell out of hospital yeah. uh, and I went to and spent the rest of my time about three or four days in the birth center yeah um and then went home so it was just by having a c-section everything I did yeah yeah you know and so now I've um and which is why I've chosen to share it this what I'm doing this time to prepare for this because um I'm trying to put myself in the best position possible Mm. to set myself up for success and I yeah. think a big part of it is actually your mind. So the mind-body connection is extremely powerful. And um, I, I think that I was just, t- I was too caught up in the fear and the fear of the unknown and the fear of the pain um, for, to allow my body to relax enough to actually do its thing naturally. Yeah. And like, you literally like um, cats and things like that, like they can be giving birth and if there's a predator coming near them. Yeah. They will literally stop and get up and move somewhere safer. Yeah. You know, and I actually talked about this in my last, um, yeah, there's this, um, like if you think about it, if you think about, if you pee and poo, right? Like you, you wouldn't just go out and pee in public. No, but you wouldn't be able to do it. You physically would, you'd, you'd like clam up, right? Like like, I need to go, but I can't. Yeah. And so it's just the same for labor and birth. If you don't feel safe and Mm -hmm. secure and supported, if you don't have the right environment and the right support system, yeah, you will possibly not, you know, like not progress or Mm -hmm. um, some women have even can even, you know, say they dilated seven centimeters. Yeah when all these people come in the room that they don't know and they're like, Oh, you know, they, it set off, sets off their fight or flight. They can actually, their cervix can close and go backwards. Really? Oh God. Yeah. You know, it's just, our bodies are extremely powerful. And when we really mm. understand how labor works and the, all the different um, mechanics that are happening yeah. in terms of the natural um, you know, like oxytocin and and things that are happening within your body, as well as the physical things that your uterus and cervix are doing. Mm. It makes a lot of sense. And you're like, yeah. And so then putting yourself in a stressful environment. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I just think it's, it's, it's really sad. The, how um, common and normal it is for people to, for example, want an induction yeah um to even want an elective c-section to uh want the drugs and stuff like that without because because it's so common even before 40 weeks i've i've read so many posts in forums that people are looking at being induced at and the 38 weeks I'm like you haven't even reached full term yet why 
oh, but the baby hasn't turned around yet. But isn't it like when you reach the last week or so that all of a sudden the baby puts on a heap more weight and the head turns? But so maybe by that stage, they're not even ready. Yeah, like the thing is, is that people are, are like, well, I'm over it. I'm sick yeah. of being pregnant now. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I know I can go and get induced and have this baby quicker. So yeah. I'll do that. But yeah. And and that's like, it's kind of fucked up when you think about it, you know, mm -hmm. like why we're in such a rush for everything, including having a baby. I know. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, but I can imagine that it's been 10 months nearly. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's and it's yeah. You do get over. How are you it. feeling right now? You do feel like a big, huge waddling whale. Yeah. And it can be hard when it's summer and it's hot and sticky. But the thing is, is that our bodies, like I said, are designed for this. The baby and the body communicate, and they decide when they're ready mm. between them. It's like a dance, you know. They decide when they're ready, and you don't know when that's going to be. And that's kind of you know, that can be annoying for some people who, particularly if they're a control freak, yeah. um, but that's kind of the beauty of it as well. Like that ultimate, ultimate surrender mm. of, you know, just trusting your baby, the body, the universe, yeah. all the things. Yeah. I'm glad you um, said about the baby though, because it's not just you who's doing all the work. The baby's got to yeah. move and wriggle and get in the right position. And yeah they're doing they work, work as well yeah 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 exactly um and it's just yeah it's sad that because i've obviously in due groups at the moment and mm. you know there's certainly been some women who are just like um right i want to get the show on the road i want to have a stretch and sweet sweep what's it been like and and i think one lady who said that was only like 37 weeks or something and people were yeah. there was a few people that were sort of like why are you why are you wanting to have a stretch and sweep yeah. she was asking about it um she didn't say i just want to get this baby out i'm over it she just sort of asked about it and people were like but you know but why and i was like oh thank god people are asking that um because why and why 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 have we gotten to the point where women at 37 38 weeks are like think it's induced? Yeah. especially if it's their first yeah inductions are often way more intense in terms of contractions yeah. um they really ramp it up because it's fake hormones you yeah. know and, and then your body's not working as it should in that kind of harmony with all the hormones and everything because mm. you've got you've shot some artificial God. hormones in there that are overriding everything else and so yeah. then oxytocin can't really work properly in your body because of this artificial hormone and yeah you know and then and and, and uh, you know what i can't i can't compare until i give birth this time and and if yeah. that is, is without painkillers mm. um i've only ever had a birth with um all the painkillers and everything yeah with i had you know with with the the drip the pitocin or syntocin or whatever it's called yeah um and it was horrendous yeah like it's just yeah and 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 i wouldn't wish that on you i wouldn't want them to do that but I also don't, you know, it would be good to have that comparison of like a, having a natural pain-free birth and then mm. having those interventions and, and being able to be like, and yeah, yeah. So that would, that, you know, that'd be a cool chat afterwards. <laughs> it would. Uh, now we've kind of, I know we've kind of gone off track, kind of, but it is all relevant. 
but I wanted to go back to um, after your miscarriage and when you found out you were pregnant the second time, the mm -hmm. time, this time. Um, how long after you had your miscarriage did you think, okay, I'm ready to start trying again? What was that process of kind of grieving for that one and then getting ready to try again and all of those emotions? And I've forgotten my second question. So we'll let go with that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I really wanted to not rush things and give myself plenty of time to, um, to feel ready. And I'm quite, I like to be, you know, I really try and tune into my intuition and my instincts and my body yeah. and um, get to a point where I'll just wake up one day or I'll just be sitting chilling and all of a sudden I'll be like, you know what? I feel ready. Yeah. And so if I didn't have that, then I wasn't ready. Um, so I didn't set myself a, oh no, we've got to be pregnant again by this time. Or, you know, I just yeah. left it all open and just said, look, I will, I'll know when I, when I'm ready. Mm. Um, and I, I think I'm a bit, a big advocate, obviously being passionate about mental health, about, um, feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to grieve. And I did actually, I did some posts and lives and stuff on this videos on this, um, at the time about grief, because yeah. A lot of the time, particularly if you have a miscarriage early on, like I did, you, 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 you didn't see a baby. It yeah. was like, I think, I think it was like just a really big clot. Right. I think that was my baby. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you kind of like, people kind of just think you should forget about it. Oh, it was ages ago. It wasn't even a real baby. Like yeah. it was only a collection of cells or whatever. But fuck that. Like you yeah. are allowed to grieve how you want to grieve. And I, anybody who's had a miscarriage will know that you do not forget. You never forget. Mm. And you shouldn't. No. You will never forget the fact that you had, because nobody knows how that feels but you and your yeah. body yeah. and your mind. Like you will never forget the fact that you felt the dance of human life inside of you. Yeah for however long it was, it does not matter whether it's six weeks, six months. Yeah. It does not matter. Like that was real for you. And so I think it's really important to grieve however that looks for however long that looks like. And it's different yeah. for everyone. Um, and, and feel those feelings. And so, um, I just kind of allowed myself to do that. And I think in the end it was about, I think it was about three months uh three three four months yeah uh, until I just got the sort of intuitive feeling that I think I'm ready um and we literally we literally had sex like once I think and then got <laughs> pregnant again so getting pregnant is not our problem um yeah and then here I am at 36 weeks so um yeah. I just kind of let myself do what I needed to do yeah yeah. And, and I know that it's, well. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different for everyone and some people might take longer to conceive or, you know, yeah. um, but that, that was my journey. Yeah. Cause that's, I think the theme, my theme with everybody I talk to just seems to always go back to listening to yourself. Know thyself. Yeah. You, you're your expert you know yeah. what's right for you and when it's right and 
having those experiences, it gears you up. You can either use it as this thing that's going to hold you back and this terrifying thing and oh, I never want to try and get pregnant again because what, what if? Yeah. Or you can use it and learn from it and work through those emotions to figure out yeah. who you are as a person, how you fit in this journey. And yeah, it's really, really powerful. Just helping people to realize that they can tune into themselves and it they are their own best expert and advocate. Yeah. And it's that's, you know, right. that, that, that starts in, in motherhood and, and probably mm. in conception, you know, but yeah. certainly pregnancy, birth, postpartum, motherhood, you know, when, when you have the baby and everyone's got all the opinions and all the judgments and mm. you should feed them like this and you should get them to sleep like that and you should, you know, they should be doing this by now and why aren't they doing that and yeah. are they sleeping through the night and, you know, and it's and it's just like you, you've got to have the you know, you've got to feel empowered and have the strength, I guess, to be able to parent, be pregnant, give birth yeah. um, in a way that feels aligned and right for you. Because the thing is, if you don't, if you are taking on board all these opinions and um, everybody has an opinion, you know, it, it's going to stress you out yeah. and particularly in that fourth trimester, right? Like that. Oh, yeah. That, that's hard enough as it is without having the added like opinions of 50 million different people and yeah and trying to please everyone in terms of you know because you 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 particularly with your first you have that dance in your head of oh well they've had kids before so I should listen to them they'll know better yeah. but do you yeah. know what nobody's had your kid yes nobody and you will you you will not understand this fully until mm -hmm. you have a child yeah and you have that mother child that bond connection. Yeah. you will know and like at the start it is like i remember with dylan it was just a big fat mess and i was just like i don't know what he wants he would, you know he'd cry and i'd be yeah. like what do you want and yeah. we would literally go around in circles nappy burp feed you know do the same thing over and over again yeah. um and it was really overwhelming but then eventually over time you get to know this little individual and you get to know their cues and you get you build mm. your intuition and it grows and grows and grows and you're like you know what I think he's hungry. Stick him on the boob. Silence. Sweet. You know, like it takes time and you're yeah. also got this huge cascade of, of hormones and emotions and mm. you're grieving your old life, most likely. Yeah. You're grieving your independence. Yeah. Um, you're healing physically. There's so much going on. And the last thing you need is people dictating, judging, telling you how to raise your kid and how to do yeah. it. It's something that you need time and space to figure out for yourself because you're probably going to have an idea in your head pre-baby yeah like my kid's never going to watch tv <laughs> next minute, yeah like next minute netflix is your friend five minutes of sanity or to like lie down yeah and the tv's going on because it just it, it's just it's real life. Rest. no guilt you know <laughs> and that's um that's happening a little bit at the moment because I need to lie down um yeah. and, and he's quite full on and so if I can't if he's not if he wants me to if he's continuously wanting me to play with him or um like get on the floor and stuff that I just I can't do at the moment yeah yeah then I might resort to that and yeah. um you know and you just you got to be open-minded 
to things not mm. actually you not actually parenting the way that you thought you would yeah it's so different when you actually have the kid and you don't know what kind of kid you're gonna get you know <laughs> that's it and I think that kind of links into the last podcast we did together which was finding balance as a new mum. Mm. I'm wondering, I'm going to have to re-listen to that and just say if we went through fourth trimester stuff or if it was mm. longer, more than that. I don't know. I can't remember. No, I can't. I should have re-listened to it. But that, that, was, that was all about, yeah, what you're talking about now. Yeah. I'm going to post a link actually in the show notes so people can go back and listen to the other one as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I have actually done a, um, there's a resource on my website. Oh, yes. I think there's a link in my Instagram bio. Um, it's a, just like a, a PDF guide, free guide to, um, preparing mentally and emotionally for, um, pregnancy, birth and motherhood, because there's so much, this is something that I get really passionate about. And obviously cause mm. I'm pregnant right now, but, yeah. um, there's so much focus on, sorting out the nursery and getting cute baby clothes and all yeah. this physical material bullshit yeah. that the baby doesn't give a fuck about and really doesn't need a lot you know clothes somewhere to sleep some nappies you know like yeah. they don't need toys they don't need fancy labeled anything um they, they just need you you know and yeah. some some comfort yeah um and antenatal classes that i went to when i was pregnant with dylan were just a joke um, it was all just, you know, here's the different ways you can give birth and here's all the different painkillers and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, okay. So how, how do we, you know, and then you you give birth and you're blindsided and you mm -hmm. haven't considered so many things that have changed. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's talking about things like how do you deal with the, um, changing dynamics in your relationship with your partner, including your sex life. It's going to change. You just birthed a, a baby out of your vagina. Like you're not going to want anything to go in there for a while. <laughs> you know, so things that might make people squirm will be a little bit uncomfortable, yeah. but things that are extremely real for every single woman that gives birth. Yeah. Um, and after birth, it's almost like the woman's forgotten about. It's all about the baby. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, you get weighed and measured. You're going. So many things that we could talk yep, about. Here. All right. Yeah. Off you go. You can go yeah. back to exercise, which is a whole other. Yeah, exactly. Like the pelvic floor, the, the physical yeah. side of things. And, you know, that six week checkup, it was like, oh, how's the baby, you know, yeah. that I got. It, yeah. All good. How are you? Um, and most women, of course, will just say, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Nobody fine. questions any further. I didn't, I didn't get any kind of physical exam on your oh. way. Wow that's it and it's like that is not did you get your episiotomy looked at my midwife did that up until six weeks and then just on my mm -hmm. own hmm. yeah so you know and again i'll be sharing these things and, and yeah. as i go along in real time and and um you know i wish i had a bigger platform to get out there to more mamas mm. and mamas be and mamas considering you know mamas who are like trying to get pregnant and stuff so they can yeah be fully informed and not be blindsided postpartum. Um, but there's, there's a huge shift, even the simple shift of like going from independent woman to yeah. being able to eat and, and go to the toilet whenever you want, have a shower whenever you want yeah. to, to all of a sudden 
not because that is reality in those early days you've got a whole human stuck on you um for a lot of of hours in the day um especially once your partner's gone back to work you know and stuff like that like it's i remember not eating sometimes till like three o'clock and not having a shower until the afternoon and um and sometimes even until my partner got home and 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 that can be extremely hard Mm. that transition alone to deal with because it's seemingly overnight right go from independent woman yeah to to not and even that is huge to deal with particularly mentally and emotionally and it's not really talked about so women don't really know who to talk to or or who to ask for help and support and Mm. as part of as part of my business that is something that I do like I um uh do sessions with women in terms of like preparing mentally and emotionally for birth as well as um postpartum obviously I'm not doing that at the moment but um that is something that I do in my work and I would really in the future when I get back to after maternity leave I'd love to do um some kind of like antenatal workshops but focusing on that mental and emotional yeah well that's preparation it's so needed yeah because I just I've looked I sort of talked to a few people and it's just antenatal classes are very structured they're very it's very like kind of government run yeah they're already crammed and they just they don't have they they can't really add any more so yeah i was just like well i'm just gonna have to do it myself aren't i (laughs) that's how the world changes baby Mm -hmm. so i've just realized we've come up to a whole hour yep already and we could talk for probably another hour so i better draw a line there and invite you back to Mm -hmm. when you're ready so whenever you're ready and yeah I think talking about mental health in postpartum and that recovery periods possibly more the fourth trimester because I have a feeling we didn't we didn't cover the fourth trimester it was more um broad how to find balance yeah yeah rather than proper it would it would probably be good to do a um you know a podcast just on that fourth trimester because that is like yeah uh, particularly when it's your first baby like those first three months are like the time mm-hmm. when you're really just figuring everything out and you're healing and you're doing all the things yeah um, and i'm gonna yeah. be in the thick of that soon enough as well you will um and if you're not i would love to invite you into my group because i think i'd like to share your lives whenever you do them into that group because yeah. there's women in there who could do with hearing that yeah totally and yeah i I'm can free to share any of my stuff share it in there so if yeah because you share them on facebook as well don't you yeah so um i go from your facebook page yeah. to share it in my group yeah because i know naughty runs on instagram naughty runs on facebook you know and so i the lives i tend to um generally do on both and the yeah. posts are obviously on both as well yeah um so there is like a playlist there which has all my pregnancy chats so even if you just link that mm. it'll have all of them there um mm. for example or sharing when i do my next one hopefully i, I i'm planning on doing one probably around 38 weeks um yeah and then 
yeah who knows if i'll be, <laughs> be doing another one after you that know, watch this space yeah so um but then i you know depending on how everything goes i might jump on and do lives um postpartum as well yeah it just, it just totally depends on and I, i'm not putting any pressure on myself no to to do anything um and if i don't do lives i'll certainly be doing posts yes Perfect. but it's all about just you know reaching as many women as possible so women don't have to feel alone they don't have mm -hmm. to struggle in silence they don't have to feel like they can't talk about it yeah like there's something wrong in the world when a woman you know like myself gets pregnant and then i realize how hard pregnancy is and how many of my friends and my my mom and you know have given yeah. birth and no one talks about it yeah it's like that whole societal conditioning of you know oh just yeah 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 you know and then you get the comparison of like oh well she's you know had um what's that condition when you puke the whole time h uh hyper hypermesis hypermesis hg so um you know so i can't complain and it's like you invalidate your own feelings and experiences and it's like i actually did a post the other day about that um that might be one you want to share actually um the fact that i i had a quote on it too which i think is powerful which is yeah um uh just because what just because i find pregnancy hard doesn't mean i'm not grateful that yes. i'm pregnant i think something like yeah. something around that. yeah but like it's so true it's like just because i'm finding this hard doesn't mean yeah that i'm not grateful to be where i am yeah you know because That's so it. many people it's do that to positivity. like oh, we'll just be grateful that you haven't had miscarriages or just be grateful that you found it easy to conceive. And it's just, mm, and then you feel like shit and it's like, that. yeah, that's not, that's not helpful to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually had a comment on one of my posts recently that I just, I just didn't, I didn't bother to even reply to. Yeah. Um, I was posting about struggling. Yeah. Um, Cause I like to keep it real and I'm not perfect. I'm not a guru. I'm still working on my own sort of shit. Yeah. And um and a lady is obviously overseas and she was like, you know, you'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But then she was like, you know, be thankful you're not in a lockdown. Yada yada. And I was like, you know, I well, understand I, I understand yeah. that it's hard yeah. for you to be in a lockdown right now. But that kind of like that kind of comment just what well, all that achieved would it make serve me, anyone. Yeah, it doesn't serve anyone. It just makes me feel like shit that I'm not on the lockdown. And it's like, well. Yeah. even if i was we've been in a lockdown so i have experienced that yes we're not in a lockdown now and yes of course i'm grateful for that but yeah. that doesn't change the fact that i'm struggling right now yeah if we were in a lockdown as well then i might be struggling even more yeah but it kind of like her sort of saying be great you know be thankful you're not in a lockdown made, yeah. like, made me feel like my feelings weren't valid weren't valid yeah. yeah you know and that's the kind of stuff we need to stop and a lot of yeah. people are so unconscious of that like she probably didn't even realize the effect that yeah. that kind of comment would have yeah um but i think we need to be yeah, really aware so of that kind of stuff there's so mm. much judgment and opinions in in motherhood mm. starting with that conception and this is the time where we need to come together as sisters yeah. as mothers as women who understand what it's like rather than judging everyone for doing things differently to you 
Yeah. Like it, it, it's so hard. It's hard enough as it is without having your fellow mums yeah. tee down for the way you feed your kid or the way you dress your kid or the way you get your kid to sleep or whatever. Like, yeah. it's got to stop. And if we talk about it like this, we try and get it out there to the universe, then we can create that ripple effect. Yeah. That's it. Small pebble in a pond. Yeah. That's so says. that's my big vision, obviously. Yeah. If, if someone has like, awesome like connections or like marketing and pr skills so i can get my message out there to bigger people well, <laughs> hopefully someone listening to this get in touch i'll pop it i'll pop sarah's details in the in the show notes yeah because it's just like oh that you know how yeah. many women could could we help and empower and inspire that's, right. and, that's the whole point of doing this you know, podcast yeah because i don't know everything yeah get people like you and having different um, perspectives yeah. and different yeah different experiences is, yeah. is super super powerful because it's all different and yeah. but you can probably see a little bit of yourself or your experiences in all these different stories you know mm. absolutely yeah absolutely it's yeah yes anything <laughs> anything um you would like to cover that i've probably missed before we sign off uh in terms of like miscarriage or um miscarriage mainly but anything else really um let's say miscarriage i think i think the main points if we just want to reiterate the main points for experience yeah. miscarriage yeah um uh you, there's nothing wrong with your body this is an extremely common uh experience but we think it's not common because it's not normalized it's not talked about enough yeah it's hugely common and there it, it does not mean that there's anything wrong with your body yeah so women you know i think women need to know that um and that you know it's okay to talk about it it's okay to ask for help and support through it it's okay to share that you're pregnant before before 12 13 weeks yeah uh, if that's what you want to do um and particularly it's it's okay to feel how you feel about your miscarriage and grieve in a way that feels right for you yeah. however long that takes and 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 that's what i touched on earlier that you won't forget other people around you will probably forget and people if you talk about your miscarriage that you had at six weeks five years after the fact some people might roll their eyes and be like dude you were only six weeks pregnant like you know it wasn't even a real baby yet yeah get over it like nah you yeah. will never forget if you've so experienced real. loss you will never forget and don't let people tell you you shouldn't still grieve you know yeah. like do what you got to do um i think those are the main points and really just you know, not being afraid, particularly when you're literally going through it to, to reach out and get help and answers and not, you know, so whether that be, if you've already got a midwife, you took you, your midwife helps you through it, or you've had a friend that's had a miscarriage and you contact them or um, you go into hospital and you ask questions and, you know, rather than having to like go through it alone at home or. Um, yeah. And you can go to A&E, I suppose. If yeah, totally. Sure, you can go. Oh, you know? Shit. well even just rock up there and say hey i was pregnant now i'm bleeding yeah help <laughs> yeah and i'm sure that they will help you yeah they're not gonna um, go no go away 
Yeah, because I, you know, I you can link to um, my miscarriage lives if you want to, if people want to see more about the actual story of what it was like in a, a little bit more detail. But obviously, because yeah. I was quite early on, we just sort of did blood tests and um and looked at those HCG levels yeah. and uh, usually you do it in a forty eight hour increment. So we tested after forty eight hours from that first day that I started bleeding, and they dropped significantly. And so that's when we knew. Right. It was definitely a miscarriage. Yeah. Whereas if it wasn't and it was just implantation bleeding or something like that, then then the levels they would, they would increase. They would yeah. steadily increase. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is just because you bleed in that first trimester doesn't necessarily mean you have you're having a miscarriage as well. Right. Um, so again there's a lot of talk about implantation yeah. bleeding, but then you go, yeah. how much is too much? Is is yeah. it a full bleed? Is it this? And you're like Yeah. And I had several bleeds with Dylan, but they were very uh it's because i had placenta previa a low-lying placenta oh okay and they were more just sort of spotting yeah um but that was quite anxiety inducing for me and it was also compounded by the fact that i'm an o negative blood type so i needed to have an injection called anti-d oh okay yeah. every time yeah. um and so that was trips to hospitals and getting injected and <laughs> i mean i don't know anyone who likes friggin needles um so no. you know there's there's different kinds of bleeds at yeah. different kinds of stages in your pregnancy um and thankfully this time i haven't had to deal with that um because my placenta is not low lying this time it's been fine oh good um and i haven't had any bleeds and so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah every pregnancy is different you know every baby is different they're all little individual creatures yeah. um yeah we've just got a really try not to get too saturated and and confused i think by the outside world yeah and all the opinions and yeah. um information out there and kind of just like be discerning and um you know pick what resonates choose you know choose to listen or take on board or consider what resonates and leave what doesn't yeah yeah you don't have to hold on throw to out your whole journey literally from conception to the day you die because you're going to be a mum till the day you die yeah true <laughs> that's very true and on that note that is the end of our podcast that'll do it that'll do it Sweet. thank you very much i was i was very scared of broaching it but i mean i asked you to come on for that specific reason and i'm sure a lot of women will I mean, like you said so many people have reached out to you already sharing your story that hopefully this will just reach yeah. some who didn't know about you before and didn't haven't heard about someone else's story they've just got their own and that's the thing like i said like if if someone speaks up yeah someone takes that first step then other people will go me too oh my god yeah. i sort of relate to this yeah. whatever you know that's where it starts by by women sharing their stories yeah and you know even though it's like can be emotional and and stuff like that like it's mm -hmm. it's important to me to to share these these things so yeah. i'm happy to to be reminded of that time or, or deal with those emotions yeah. um when i know it's like to help other people yeah. yeah i really appreciate it thank you very much no worries well, thank, you. thank you for listening to the women's wellness podcast 
for links and show notes, please visit www.connecthealth.fitness forward slash podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to the channel so you get notified when we release our next episode and please share with anyone who you think might benefit. Thank you again. I look forward to seeing you soon.